Association has been an invaluable resource for me. As I mentioned, I'm not a one-man show and I feel that they're my partner. I, I can go onto the website, Rental U has resources for training my employees and myself. During 2020, there was so much support. Welcome to Peer Talk, a dialogue with business owners just like you. Peer Talk conversations run the gamut of business challenges facing owners today. The host of Peer Talk is Dan Crowley, founder and owner of Peer Executive Groups, which provides a safe space for owners to share their experience, grow their businesses, and learn from their peers. Hi, this is Dan Crowley. We have a number of great business owners in our Peer Executive Group network, and our job is to give them a voice. Welcome to Peer Talk. 360 Payments is a proud sponsor of Peer Talk. We make payments simple, secure, and cost-effective for your business. Our team is experts in the rental industry and have a goal of making payments an afterthought so you can focus on what's most important, your customers, employees, and families. Drop us a line at 360payments.com backslash PEG for Peer Executive Group, and we will be happy to give you a complimentary review of your current processing situation to see how we can help. Welcome to Peer Talk. Our guest today is Michelle Nelson from MK Equipment Rentals. Michelle got her start after high school by going to the University of Southern California. There she proceeded to get a bachelor's in urban planning and moved on to her master's. Uh, she did work for the city of Los Angeles and Seattle as well as private engineering firm before her father connected with her and said, hey, maybe you should take a look at the business. And so she made her way back to Honolulu, Oahu, where MK Equipment Rentals is located. Welcome to another edition of Peer Talk. This is Dan Crowley and I have Michelle Nelson with me from MK Equipment in from Oahu, right? You're in, are you in Honolulu, Michelle? Yes, so we're on the island of Oahu in Honolulu. That's the name of our city. Excellent. Well, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad to have you here. This is um, a special one for me because I know that um, you've been in peer groups for a while, a couple, almost going to hit, you know, year and a half mark, but you've always committed yourself to systems and different things you can help your business and help you improve your business. Um, and whether you're learning from your peers or learning from other consultants or business process systems, um, consulting, um, you know, you seem to be pretty into that. So I was hoping we could talk about that today. Sure. Okay, great. So tell me a little bit about like, so you, we heard in the intro that, you know, you came from, uh, you know, Southern, uh, University of Southern Cal, California, and you really had a planning background. You weren't in rental to begin with. Um, you went, you know, obviously advanced degree, but then you come back over to Oahu. Tell us about how that happened and how you came back in the picture. And while you're doing that, please take a moment and tell us about the history of MK. Sure. So MK actually stands for Marvin Kurisu. That's my dad. And back in the 60s, he started a repair service, repairing construction equipment, and then later on went to rent equipment as well. He decided to incorporate the business with my grandfather, who had a little more capital, and MK Equipment was born in 1973. So he did a great job growing the business in the, that, through the 80s and the 90s, wherever there was need, construction booms here and there. And in 2005, his partner got sick and had to leave. 
So mm. there were other family issues at the time. He stopped growing the business uh, between 2005 and 2013. So he was just scaling back. He wanted to retire, uh, didn't know what to do. So he was at a point where he wasn't really sure what was going on. And it was about that time when uh, I was in my career. So I have a 20-year career in the field of planning and development. But (laughs) a casual remark by one of my mentors suggested that maybe I seriously think about working for my dad. And it came out of the blue. And within Mm -hmm. that same week, my dad casually asked me, hey, you ever thought about coming to work for me? And I just thought maybe it was meant to be. I had worked for him one summer. I hated it. I, I had to chip mud off of the tractors. And I said, <laughs> no, like, <laughs> there's no, I'm not going to do that. And, um, but at, that was at a time in my life. And in 2015, I made the choice to leave my career. And I joined my dad in what I thought was going to be this great partnership. Right? Yeah, of course. It's, you know, you have it in your head how it's going to turn out, but then you get there and it's a little different. So you come in, it was probably in the springtime, if I recall, and uh, you get you going into the summer months. What was your first year like? What were some of the things that you had to like, you know, re-engage and understand about the business that you remembered from when you were there before? Well, I remembered nothing from when I was there before, (laughs) except that being in the hot sun, chipping mud, that wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So there were a lot of challenges. Mm -hmm. My dad and I were so alike. We irritated each other. He wasn't used to working with me. I wasn't used to working with him. And for processes, he was a one-man show. He was great at it. I mean, he was, wow. he was the man. He could do it all. My dad could repair equipment yeah. or, and, and just know what was wrong, right? I didn't have any of that. Mm-hmm. So I had to find my own strengths and focus on those wow. and, and really see where I could fit, first of all, in, in the organizational structure and then planning for when my dad were, you know, was going to step out, how mm-hmm. to build a team around me with various skills that I didn't have. So when an owner brings in either, you know, progeny, next generation, or uh, a key employee, they, they usually tend to complement themselves. They identify kind of a weak spot for themselves, and then they prop that area up with the person. Did, did something like that happen for you? Were you like involved in marketing first or anything like that? I want to say my, my dad, because he was a one-man show, he didn't know how then to turn things over and that's Mm. where my skill sets were in setting up processes organization communication and using technology so what yeah it was like the stone age when i started so i told him okay that's fine for you that's how he did it and obviously he did all the right things but in order for me to step in i I needed to move on to like the industrial age the information age so it was a a bit overwhelming Mm. Wow. And so then, uh, so 2015, 16, 17, 18. Now, what point does he like stop coming into work as much or, you know, at least let you have a little bit of freedom to to make some failure on your own, if you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And <laughs> I have to say, 
when COVID hit, he finally decided not to be around anymore. Oh, wow. But he was, he was down to like a day or to a month for, wow. I want to say the last four years. I mean, I, mm. I, I came, he saw that I could handle things and then decided, mm. hey, rather do other things. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Well, that makes some sense. And then in, in give us a picture of what the business looks like. So it's, it's 2020, you know, this is last year before COVID hit. What was the peak uh, that you had in terms of employees and your challenge? So what was, what was the employee count like back then? So we have managed to have a pretty stable employee count not too many people leave. We did have one person mm. retire during COVID. She was gotcha. older and just decided to retire. And then another employee, he uh, decided to go into a totally different type of job. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, we were able to, I, I don't want to say replace because you can't replace the person, but we found someone else who can do the things that they were doing. Oh, okay. Excellent. And so headcount, what's your number that you're at size-wise? About 13. 13. Okay, excellent. And you're, um, so are you in the heart of the industrial section of Honolulu or where are you located? So we are in Honolulu and there right. is a, a large industrial section here. There's also another section in another part of the island and I'm not sure which one is actually larger. We're the older section. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I had been to Honolulu before and worked uh, as a consultant in that market, I think you know who I'm talking about when I was, I came in to kind of be a controller uh, consultant to help with setting up the books for a mutual friend of ours. But the, um, so I wasn't sure if it, you were in that specific area because that was very much industrial warehouse and set up in such a manner. There were so many businesses in that specific little area, but um, okay. So you're might be further away in the other one than the older, the older section. Okay. We're in the older section. So it's a mix of residential and industrial. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. And then when you, when you started to do all things related to the business, um, what was, what did you see as your immediate strengths and then the ones that you knew you were going to have to work on be challenged by? One of my strengths was really organization and mm -hmm. developing systems. So gotcha. we could work together, we meaning myself and the other employees, and really working to develop leaders mm -hmm. who could really take ownership of certain areas, for example, repairs and employee management. Okay. So we could work together. I really, I'm not the one man show. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And then you're, so you, Feel, you're feeling pretty good about the leadership, the systems building, uh, business management. Tell us a little bit about, you know, your growth in the last couple of years, the tools, the services. Your, I know that you joined the peer groups. Um, you know, what are some of the success stories or some of the things you've enjoyed about your development the last couple of years? Well, I know for a huge fact that the American Rental Association has been an invaluable resource for me. As I mentioned, I'm not a one-man show, and I feel that they're my partner. 
I, I can go onto the website. Rental U has resources for training my employees and myself. During 2020, there was so much support. That's through, excellent. Yes, through ARA, they had a Facebook page. I learned how to use Facebook. It was great. But really going back, I mean, the ARA show, my first one was at, in Atlanta. And mm-hmm. that was amazing. It's so much to look at, so much to learn. And being able to meet the manufacturers, touch and, and feel the equipment. Yeah. And meeting the other other owners was great. I mean, that's how I heard about you, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Through through the ARA show. And you know, the thing about the ARA is they continue to evolve and develop. And you know, not a couple months goes by where they already are moving towards another angle for supporting uh, their association, their members. And uh, you know, that the recent move. I know uh, Josh Nickel came on to be a liaison for the uh, equipment rental side and just his ability to connect dots and uh and work with some of the members has been pretty neat and of course um you know they had some things in the works before covid um they are continuing to push through those and get those in place whether it be women in rental initiatives or um some of the technology uh, showcases that i know they've got planned so we're looking forward to the show in october uh, the ARA show, as you mentioned, is, you know, obviously the the um, the ground zero for uh, great business ideas to help uh, with the equipment rental industry. So it should be good. Now, you're you're in a group uh, with a couple of other members who we've already interviewed um, actually recently, Alberto and and I believe Dave's in your group, right? Dave Dworshik. Um Now, your yes. group is you're meeting in the spring. And I believe you're meeting down in Texas, correct? Yes, we are. Okay, excellent. And so you have, um, so part of what they have been doing in that group is really focusing on growth and rate of change of sales of the business. And I know that was one of the initial tools that that you started using when you got into peer groups. Tell us a little bit about um, how your group communicates using that. Communicates using rate of change. Yeah. So you look at that monthly, I guess, re- regularly. And from that perspective, yes. you guys, okay, got it. And then, um, so, you know, basically you're just sharing what the rate of your growth is with the others on the group. Yes. So we go month by month and mm-hmm. we will post our, our numbers. But I think more importantly, a lot of times there's the little comments like, hey, this was a great month or man, I don't know what happened this month. And it really helps to see not just seasonally, but during COVID and during other things that are going on with the, the market and um, in our different regions or areas, it's nice to have a handle on what, what in general things are like. So I could be having a bad month, but mm-hmm. other people are having a great month. And so I know, okay, at least overall, this is okay. We're okay. No, that's great. And again, for us, even seeing you post that information, you know, even some of the facilitators and, and the leadership team inside peer groups, we have the ability to kind of reach out to you and, and communicate also. Um, and it helps us to understand, you know, some of the other organizations, not necessarily your organization, but other organizations that might be struggling with generating sales and helping them to uh, identify ways to grow the business. Um, you, you had uh, taken one of our partners on 
uh, for initiatives inside your organization. Um, David Olson, who we had on this program uh, back in the fall, he had implemented uh, software called Core Value into uh, an organization called Atlantic Lift Systems. And I guess the basics of it, and then I'll let you kind of tell us about how that relationship came about. Um, the basics of it was that you, you know, you do an assessment of your business, identify the value, and then you work at the different dimensions of the business to improve the value, correct? Something like that? Yes, yes. So um, just how I got involved with that, um, you know, our Region 9 director back when I started out was Tom Hughes, and he was the one, so I developed a relationship with him over the years, and he was the one who called me up one day and said, hey, I, I've learned about this peer executive groups, and it's great. You get to meet with other business owners, and it seemed to be the missing piece to the growth that I was, I was looking for, to that path towards growth. So, of course, I, I joined in 2019, and Dan, you hooked me up with an amazing group. We had our first group meeting in October of 2020 because COVID hit right after I, I joined. Oh, and great. And it was a great experience just to have all those brains in one room. And right after I got home from that, I attended that webinar with, with David Olson. Oh, and okay. I was wondering over, yeah. <laughs> Right. So he went over core values and I liked what I saw, but it was so new to me. I actually did call Alan at, at Atlantic Lifts and oh, wow. he gave me some great insight. He opened my eyes to the, the possibilities, but also said that working with David was great. And I, I signed up and I, I know I talked it over with you, Dan, too, and we felt good about it. And I'm really glad I did that because it showed me what I knew I didn't know, but I didn't know how to know. Yeah. Totally and, know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> right. If that makes sense, right? David points me in the right direction so I don't get overwhelmed. So I think it was a great combination of not just the software and having that information, but also with David who helps me to process all of it. Yeah. You know, they, um, and I forget what they call, um, so there's software that comes with it and you track inside the software, but w what are the th items called across the top? There's like 16 of them or? They, they're called drivers. Drivers, that's it. Value drivers. Thank you very much for reminding me of that. Um, so the value drivers, I find they are, first off, it's good to have them and know them because no matter what the cost of the consulting or the services of the software might be, once you know it, you can't unknow it, right? So the next five years, right. 10 years, you're going to be really focusing on these valuation, these value drivers. And, you know, it's, it's an amazing thought because I understand, you know, my background is business. So obviously I understand like the five pillars of business, which are, hey, strategy first, then you communicate the strategy through your sales and marketing. Then you've got your financial uh, controls and reporting that have to do with how do I make it profitable, what I'm doing. And then from there you have your people strategy, which is now you know, how do I manage accountabilities and how do I grow the staffing that's needed? And then the last pillar is really focused around operations and systems and, you know, effectively uh, implementing uh, improvements in those systems, continuing to drive uh, the other pieces, right? So 
So the whole thing makes sense to me. But my problem was knowing those five things is great, but you don't really know, like you say sales and marketing. So what, what does that mean? But like with you, with those value drivers, you, you now you're talking about understanding your large market potential, right? Stuff like that, I guess. And yeah. um, what are some of the, you know, awakening, what are some of the different drivers that kind of were like, oh, that's a good one. I never thought of that. That's a good point. <laughs> well, I think when I, I saw the drivers, I thought, okay, they make sense. I mean, I do have a little bit of, of business background just from university, so so it made sense. But I think when you talk about being having your eyes open, it's yeah. really how to map all of these areas, right? So I, I think about core values as this tool. It's like a mirror. It shows me a map of all of the areas that I have going on in my business. So it's like this jungle, and I have sales here. I have... Um, operations and financials and all of those pieces and there's no clear path so then it's about yeah. looking at okay how am I doing in all those areas and then the path starts to come about right when you start to connect the dots well I need I need to grow so growth is an area but before I can grow I really need to work on my sales and marketing and so all of the drivers, they, they're, they work together and core values puts them in, in priorities, helps you to prioritize oh, which wow. ones would be great to work on first. And you can, you can work on them in any order. So it doesn't hold you to just the priorities they suggest, but it really helps. Well, and you know, I've known David for a long time and this is obviously software that he licenses, I guess, but but the way I looked at it was, you know, we had all caught like this traction bug, right? We want to do traction. We want to do EOS implementation. And I thought it, EOS is great. There's nothing wrong with EOS. EOS is a critical component of how I run my business. But I always was concerned, like, am I looking at everything? And do I have a full extensive picture of all the value drivers in my company. And I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't like my big rocks inside EOS didn't necessarily focus on making sure that all these elements were being done properly and in the right order, because at the end of the day, you need to be aware of that. So the idea of this being a reflection for you in a mirror, it's that's a that's a great way to represent it. I never even heard that before. So thank you for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and so, you mentioned EOS and EOS is totally different. And I've been yeah. sitting in on the book club meetings and those book club meetings have been awesome. In fact, I have been able to tie in so much of what I'm learning through that EOS Traction book club into where David tells me I should be focusing on in core values. For example, that accountability chart. I mean, the basic things about just having the right people in the right seats Mm -hmm. I, I needed that before I could get started on almost anything else. So thankfully, we have that going. Oh, that's great. So you're basically, uh, you're using both programs in, in uh, sync with each other. That's ideal. Yeah, I think it's like EOS Lite. Um, and that was mm -hmm. one thing I, I had talked to Andrew Hisacker about when I was looking at Traction and he shared with me like the real strengths of it and how he loved it. And I said, wow, I'm not there yet, but it doesn't hurt to start some pieces of it right now. Yeah, no question. I mean, that's what I did. I used EOS for a number of months before um, actually was using 
one of our um, employees, Phil Marrera, as the integrator. And I was the visionary on it, right? And we're doing it from that perspective. But the nice thing is you it's practice, practice, practice. So if you're doing an L10 meeting or you're starting to get into this habit of saying, this is an issue, it's not a to-do, this is a now this issue is going to go into being a big rock and we're going to implement it. But the cool thing is, if you think about what you're getting out of core value, you're, you're help, it's helping to form those big rocks. It's helping to identify yes. what can I do this year? You're not going to you know overwhelm yourself, but you certainly can prioritize and know what you would like to work on. Yes. And, and so the great thing about having David to help me through that process is that, you know, I said it was this big jungle with map, a map of just my whole business. So David like gave me the machete and Mm -hmm. he's like, okay, like, you know, whack (laughs) over here. Like we need to get through here. We need to start connecting. And, and these are how these drivers work together. And he knows where I want to be and is helping me to develop a plan how to get there. What what's cool about both core value and EOS is in my mind you do graduate from your coaches. Like these are, you know, especially um core values got the software right and you can I guess you you can keep the subscription going after you've ended the relationship and um you know, you obviously you know where to reach people if you need them, but at the end of the day um you know, you've got these phenomenal tools in your arsenal and it's it's just keeps helping you as you uncover other business dilemmas, right? Especially with growth. So as you, right. add, you, you know, what's the next job? What I always say, what's the next position you're going to add in your business, right? That's always a tough one to keep track of. Right. And so, I mean, by the end of this year, actually, by the end of June, my goal is to have a sales rep. And that's something we've never had before. And that's something that came up during this core values assessment. Oh, that's right. I'd heard that. That's great. I think that's that's outstanding. I mean, considering your volume, you definitely have to move that path down that path. And I think, you know, the good news is you're not going into it blind because you can kind of, you've got the, you must have some um, essence of like, okay, what kind of metric am I going to measure that person's success on, right? So you'll start to develop that. Right. So we're developing that right now. Oh, cool. So that's great. So that'll help with your growth and all the other uh, value drivers that are around growth. Now, what about um, how did you take when you went through the what about like differentiation? I always find that to be one of the most challenging things, like like what makes you different from your other competitors in your market? So depending on the industry, there can be a lot of ways to differentiate yourself. And Mm -hmm. we were able to establish that some of them are more soft. So whereas Mm -hmm. you might have um, product differentiation when you've got fast food, right? That's very distinct. You need to separate yourself. So someone's chicken sandwich is the best for these reasons. But for my business, we looked at customer service. Mm-hmm. For us, our, our customer service has to be on point. That is what brings and keeps our customers who are in a, a hurry. They need to get their jobs done. And so that needs to remain a focus. So even as I think about growing, I have to make sure that we don't um, start uh, uh, 
reducing the amount of customer mm-hmm. service we can give to every customer. Um, so that was something that came up during differentiation. But again, it's soft. So even mm-hmm. when we go through the core values assessment, my score is very low because okay. it's not a lot of pinpointing specific things that we that we can do or having trademarks and um those kinds of legal things. So um, the great part about having a coach to develop uh, or to go through the assessment is that sometimes I look at a low score and I think it's bad because I'm so used to looking at different scores and okay, higher score is good. But in this sense, the lower lower score just means that it's probably not that big of an issue to deal with in some at some point. Got it. Oh, interesting. That's good to know. I mean, that's something I didn't know prior to this call. So that's good to know on the, on the actual system. I didn't know it because I know it's a very metric driven system and it really can help you to get a beat on where you're going. So it sounds like, um, you know, your focus in the next few months is going to be to get that outside sales developed. Also, you've made comments about, um, you know, you're managing your, your leadership team or leading your leadership team. So, so tell me about that. How has that changed? And, have you talked to anybody inside your company about EOS or any of that yet? So I've been having level 10 meeting or L10 meetings, light, I call it. Um, so we have, we have L10 meetings using the agenda in EOS because I felt that that was something I could bring in and say, hey, this isn't my idea. This is what works in other companies. Oh. So let's cool. bring this in and let's see if we can uh, state a task. And what I found is, aside from not having rocks together, mm-hmm. we can pretty much hit on all of the items and have a staff meeting, have a real productive meeting where we talk about important things. And it's not just me talking anymore. Gotcha. Oh, wow. Awesome. So so that leads actually leads into my next question, which is, what do you consider success? And I'm going to guess it's that you're developing people to think like owners, right? Is that what it is? Or? Well, well, that's one of the things I'm working on. But, you know, yeah. I, I, I have this quote that uh, I think it's Winston Churchill. He mm-hmm. said that success is stumbling from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. And that's nice. <laughs> I like that. That's absolutely true. I'm going to definitely have to Google that afterwards and get it, get a little, little, uh, printout for my wall here. That'll be awesome. So you're okay. So I'm going to, uh, we got to roll this, you know, roll this up or get this done. So let's, um, finish up here. What do you, um, what's your focus? Where do you see yourself three years from now? I know that's a loaded question, but I know with EOS, that's something that we have to think about. So, so what's your business look like in three years? I think in three years, I'll be in the middle of a strategic plan that I will have developed and really refining operational targets and metrics, having gotcha. a sales rep, having some other things going on. Excellent. Very cool. And and you've got, um, so I'm sure your plan is to, to keep growing the business in the next few years to get to that level and, and maybe have a couple more employees on board. So that'll, that'll definitely uh, take take a little bit of pressure off your shoulders. Um, yes. But excellent. Well, we really appreciate having you on today. Thanks for uh, joining us um, on Peer Talk, Michelle. Thank you, Dan. I really appreciate the opportunity. This is great. 360 Payments is a proud sponsor of Peer Talk. We make payments simple, secure, and cost-effective for your business. Our team is experts in the rental industry and have a goal of making payments an afterthought so you can focus on what's most important, 
customers, employees, and families. Drop us a line at 360payments.com backslash PEG for Peer Executive Group, and we will be happy to give you a complimentary review of your current processing situation to see how we can help. You've been listening to Peer Talk from Peer Executive Groups, produced and directed by Noah Crowley and hosted by Dan Crowley. Subscribe to this podcast for notifications of future episodes of Peer Talk.